want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. And as you're making your way there, I want to ask this question of you. How many of you remember the time when you realized that you could not trust everyone? You just can't trust everybody. I want you to know that I am not a thrill seeker by any imagination. In fact, I would rather keep my feet on the ground. I don't like roller coasters a whole lot. And if I fly and we hit turbulence, I'm the one who is gripping the seat as if that's going to help, right? Here's what it all goes back to. When I was about 12 or 13 years old, we went to the fair in town. And there was a particular ride at the fair. The name of it was the Ring of Fire. Any ride named after a Johnny Cash song, you probably ought to stay away from, right? But it was the ring of fire, and so in my mind, as I walk by it several times with my friends, they're all saying, let's go, let's ride, and all I can hear is people screaming at the top of their lungs, because what they would do, it was just a big circle and a track, and you would get in, you would sit down, and they would begin to move you up and back, up and back, till you got a little bit further, till you were hanging upside down at the very top of this ride. And I'm watching this, and I'm seeing people's hats falling off. And I'm seeing chains fall out of their pocket and wallets hitting the ground, and I'm thinking, this is not a good idea. I said, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so I get in line, we go up, we climb into this roller coaster, and all they had for protection was just the bar that lets down. No shoulder harness, just a miniature bar. That's it. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, I need to get this bar as tight as I can get it up against my legs or I'm going to die, right? And so in this moment, I pull the bar down, but it, it only goes so far, and there's some space between my leg and the bar in this moment, and I'm thinking, this is not good. So the guy comes by, and he's checking on everybody who's climbed on the ride and who's taken their life in their hands, and he says, everything okay? And I said, no, the bar is not all the way down. And he said, you'll be fine. I'm thinking, this is not going to turn out well. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, I, this, you need to fix this before we go. He said, we're about to take off. Trust me, you're in good hands. He lied. <laughs> so the roller coaster begins to move, and we begin to, and I'm thinking, I'm moving a lot in this seat. And then it takes us up to the very peak and with joy, I'm sure, in their minds, they thought, let's just let them hang there at the top. And I begin to slip out of the seat. And I'm screaming to my friend beside me, we're going to die. 
And he's like, it's okay. In that moment, I knew never trust a ride at the fair. Some of you ride rides at the Manatee County Fair. There is one thing you will not catch me doing, getting in line there. Not going to happen. But in that moment, I realized pretty quickly you, you can't trust everyone. Just because someone says you're in good hands, Allstate, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. What we're going to see this morning in the text is Jesus make a statement from the cross that I hope for us will bring encouragement to us today. I want to read the text for us, beginning in Luke chapter 23, verse 44. This is what Luke writes. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus and then he took it down and he wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath day they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed an idle tale, 
and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. You would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. As we look at the text this morning, I want to remind you that we are in the midst of a series right now where we have been walking our way through Jesus' last statements on the cross. Jesus made seven statements during his time when he was there on the cross. We've unpacked those over the last six weeks, and this week we come to that final statement that Jesus makes just prior to his death. As we've been looking at the statements that Jesus has made on the cross, what we've been reminded of is the truth of who Jesus is. That Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, stepped foot out of heaven and came to this earth and lived a perfectly sinless life. And throughout his time on earth, he made this promise to those who were following them. He made this promise to the religious leaders who did not like him. He made this promise to the crowds who were seeking after him. He said to them, I am going to die. But I'm not going to stay dead. I am going to rise from the dead. And so all this time throughout Jesus' ministry and even here as Jesus has been on the cross, what we've witnessed, what we've seen is Jesus fulfilling the scriptures in doing what he had promised he would do. See, the question is, why did Jesus come to this earth? He came for one reason and one reason alone. And that is to offer his life as a sacrifice for sin. See, the truth for every single one of us is that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And Jesus Christ came to this earth as our Savior. He took your place and he took my place on the cross. He paid the debt that we owed as a result of sin and he made it possible for us to be forgiven of our sins and brought in right relationship with our heavenly father. That is what Jesus did on the cross. As we looked at his statements, what we've seen is that Jesus is fulfilling what he promised he would do. And as we come here to the final statement, as Jesus has been on the cross, as he has been paying the debt of sin, as he has taken yours and mine upon himself to pay for those, we see Jesus make a final statement. And as we look in verse 44, it was about the sixth hour There was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. The sun's light failed. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. Verse 46, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, 
Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. This was the end. This was the end of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. It was the end of Him paying our debt. It was the end. And His statement is, Father, into Your hands I commit my spirit. You know, it's interesting that Jesus makes this statement. The question comes in, why? Why does Jesus make this statement? Why does He say these words? Well, if you're taking notes this morning, I want to encourage you to write down Psalm 31, specifically verse 5. When Jesus makes this statement, Jesus is quoting Psalm 31, verse 5. And so I want us this morning to look at this statement Jesus makes in light of Psalm 31, verse 5. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame the rest of our time together in the text. And it's this truth. You can trust God not only with your eternity, but also with your daily life. Jesus quotes Psalm 31, verse 5. Why does Jesus do that? It's interesting when you look back at Psalm 31, it is a psalm that is uttered by one who is walking through a difficult time in their lives. In fact, the psalmist is saying with his words here, everything looks dark. Isn't it interesting in the text, everything has gone dark. Everything looks hopeless. Isn't it interesting in this moment that Jesus' followers are looking on Him at the end of His life as He's dying on the cross and they are heartbroken in this moment. The psalmist says in Psalm 31, The evil ones seemingly have gotten their way. They are persecuting me. They are coming against me. Isn't it interesting that that's exactly what has happened to Jesus? And yet the cry of the psalmist in Psalm 31 verse 5 is, the last word has not been spoken. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I know it looks dark, but I trust you. I know it looks bleak, but God, I trust you. God, I know it looks like things are not working out the way that you've planned, but God, I trust you even in the darkness. So Jesus in this moment Quote Psalm 31 verse 5 because it plays out almost exactly the same way as what's happening in Jesus' life at this point. I want you to notice 
Jesus' statement, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit is followed by these words. And having said this, he breathed his last. It's interesting what's going on around Jesus in this moment. As he utters these words, as he takes his last breath, it says that one of the guards, the centurions, is looking at Jesus and recognizing in this moment that he is the innocent one. Jesus didn't deserve what he was experiencing in this moment. This centurion who was part of the plot of putting Jesus on the cross, his eyes were open. He recognized in this moment that Jesus Christ was the sinless one. The crowds in verse 48 who had cried out, crucify him, are leaving from this spectacle. It says, beating their chests. A sign of remorse, a sign of repentance, a sign that they realized very quickly what they had done was not right. And then Jesus' followers, who from a distance are watching, who from a distance are seeing him take his last breath. Here's the good news. It wasn't his last breath. It wasn't his last breath. Keep going and you look and you realize that in this moment we see that Jesus' body is taken down off the cross. That it's wrapped up, that it's placed in a tomb, that a stone is rolled over it. That Saturday, everyone stops and waits. What's funny to me is Psalm 31 ends with verse 24. I want you to listen to this. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for the Lord. They were waiting. Jesus had said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He had already promised his disciples that his death would be followed by resurrection. But in this moment, as they are watching, as they are witnessing this take place, you have to know that they're wondering, can he be trusted? Can God be trusted? I know what he said, but can he be trusted? And Jesus on the cross says, absolutely. Father, I am willing to trust you because I know what's coming. What's coming? Verse 21, verse 1 of chapter 24, on the first day of the week. Early dawn, they went to the tomb. Taking the spices they had prepared, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in, guess what they didn't find? A body. They were perplexed. 
Two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Jesus on the cross says to the Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, knowing full well that three days later He was about to breathe again. Knowing full well three days later He would rise from the dead. Jesus trusted His Father. I want you to notice this first truth that you can trust God with your eternity. What Jesus did on the cross was make it possible for us to be forgiven of our sins, to be in right relationship with our Heavenly Father, to spend eternity with Him. Believer, when you take your last breath on this earth, you will take your first breath in heaven. You can trust God with your eternity. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never taken that step. Maybe you're here this morning and you came Easter Sunday, someone promised you lunch and you said, I'll come for lunch. But maybe for the very first time, you realize in this moment that Easter Sunday is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Maybe for the first time you have come to the realization that you need to trust God with your eternity. Maybe for you, this is the moment in your life when you realize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus Christ is the only one who can save you. The one who laid his life down for you so that you could have eternal life with him. Maybe for you, that's a step that you need to take today. If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, I want to encourage you with this truth. You can trust God with your eternity. There's no doubt about it. There's no question mark on the end of your salvation. It is sealed with the Spirit of God. You are a child of God. Rest in that truth today. But if you don't know, if you're unsure, if you're not certain, let today be the day of salvation for you. You know, what's interesting is Jesus' statement, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, was simply the overflow of a life lived with that mindset. But you know, notice that throughout Jesus' earthly ministry, throughout his life, he 
trusted the Father, depended on the Father, trusted the Father's plan and purpose, was willing to walk through what we've witnessed over the last few moments of offering his life as a sacrifice, that this statement at the end of his life was simply the overflow of living this statement out throughout his life. And here's the struggle sometimes as a believer. Sometimes we're willing to trust God with our eternity, but we're not willing to trust God with today. Sometimes we're willing to say, I trust God. I know that Jesus has changed my life. I know that when I take my last breath, I will spend eternity with him. I know that to be true. But here's the question. Do you trust him today? Are you willing to say to him today, Father, it's all yours. My life is yours. I want you to write down this second truth. Not only can you trust God with your eternity, but you can trust God with your daily life. I don't know about you, but sometimes as a parent, it's not very easy to raise kids. Some of y'all are like, that's why I bring them to church, because y'all take care of them. Sometimes... Marriage is not easy. Sometimes work is not easy. Sometimes living in a fallen and broken world is not easy. And Christian, if we're not careful, we will trust God with our eternity, but then we'll say, hey, I got the rest of my life. I can handle the rest. I can handle my marriage, I can handle my kids, I can handle my job, I can put that on my shoulders and I can take it. But what I want you to recognize this morning is that Jesus' last statement on the cross was not a one-off statement that he made trusting his heavenly Father. In fact, he had lived an entire life like that. So when you wake up on Monday morning, do you trust God with your life? And one of the things that Jesus said in his promises to his people is not only have I come to give you life, eternal life, but I have come to give you abundant life. Abundant life doesn't mean your bank account's getting bigger. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is that for you and for me, when we've trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior and we are walking our daily lives in obedience in a daily walk with Him, we will experience life as it was intended to be lived. So when we look at Jesus' statement here, What it challenges us to ask of ourselves is, is that where my heart is? Maybe I've trusted Jesus with my eternity, but do I trust him with today? Do I trust him with my marriage? Do I trust him raising my kids? 
Or do I look and say, I'm going to handle this on my own. See you at the end. One of the things that you see throughout Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry is a total dependence daily on His heavenly Father. We are taught for the most part to not be dependent on anyone. Be independent. Do it all for yourself. Pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. Make it, earn it yourself. Do it yourself. But what I want you to hear this morning is this truth. In the Christian life, you can't live it by yourself. You need the power of the Holy Spirit of God to live it out. I want to ask you, if you would, this morning to bow your heads and to close your eyes with me. We have an opportunity this morning as our worship team makes their way back up to respond to the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and for you, with heads bowed and eyes closed, you've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to encourage you today that you have the opportunity now to take that step, to trust God with your eternity, to be in good hands. If that's you today, I want to encourage you that in just a few minutes as we have an opportunity to stand and sing and respond, I want to encourage you to step out from where you are, to come down to the front and to grab my hand or Pastor Aaron's hand this morning and just say one word, Jesus. And we'll know that your heart's desire right now is to take that step of trusting in Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you're here this morning and you are a believer. You're a follower of Jesus and you trust God with your eternity but you're struggling to trust him with today you're struggling to trust him with your kids and parenting you're struggling to trust him with your job you're struggling to trust him right now with your marriage and maybe this is an opportunity for you to spend some time on your knees in prayer before the Lord and to reaffirm that you trust Him. To say, God, I trust you with today. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my marriage. I trust you with my kids. I trust you with my job. I trust you with my family. Father, we ask this morning that as we have an opportunity to respond to you, that you would give us the courage to respond. Father, if there's one that's here this morning who's never taken the step of trusting in Jesus Christ as their Savior, 
Would you give them the courage right now as we stand to sing, to step out from their seat and to come down and grab my hand or Pastor Aaron's hand and let us know that that's the step they need to take. Father, if there's believers here who would say they trust you with their eternity, but they're struggling to trust you with today. They're struggling to trust you with their marriage or their kids or their job. Would you give them the courage right now as we stand and sing to come down to the front, to lay that at your feet, to once again say to you, I give it into your hands. I trust you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Would you sing? And if you need to respond this morning, I want to encourage you right now to step out and to make your way down.